Um, I'm going to have 28 six-year-olds in my house tomorrow. <laughs> it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> We're having Daisy's entire kindergarten class over to bake apple pie. It's like part of the curriculum. Why? I don't know. We didn't find out that they did this until we already enrolled her in the school. Uh, I've been cleaning the bathrooms for days. Yeah. For nothing because 28 kids. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what we're all going to sing in unison? <laughs> Jillian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. But, um, do you feel like we do that quietly now that we're in a WeWork space? No. I don't think we do anything quietly. <laughs> Before we get to the show, quick heads up, a quick question. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you're new to the podcast or if you've been with us for a while and you haven't yet given us that five-star review on iTunes, go do it, please. Okay, yeah. It it really means something to me when you do that. And also, you got to write that one little sentence, just one little thing that makes us stand out to you. Right. All right, you asked for it. For better or worse, here they come. Also, you guys, if you want more Jillian and me, get in the Patreon. There's over 100 full bonus episodes to download right this second. Yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, the Lacey Peterson doc, which was controversial. Yes. We got... I got yelled at a lot when we were covering this. Lots of Nancy Grace. Lots, Lots of Nancy Grace. Lots of Nancy Grace. <laughs> also, OJ Made in America. Casey Anthony, Jody Arias, Lorena, uh, the Jinx making a murder. Are we going backwards this time instead are of we? forwards? I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Is it? No, that can't be in order. I'm not that smart. No, well, you you were doing pretty well. Okay. Making a murder, uh, serial season one. Uh-huh. Go to patreon.com slash obsessed or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. Five bucks a month, you get all of that right away. Right away. It's more content than your phone has room to download. I'm That's telling you. That's very true. <laughs> Just go check it out, you guys. It's a pretty big party. Yeah. Girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Who Killed Garrett Phillips Part 2. It doesn't... Well, I was going to say it doesn't get better, but it, it it kind of does. Yeah, it does. I mean, some of it's good news. Right. <laughs> But the title of this documentary is a question. That's true about a dead kid. So it's so not it's, it's not, not good. good. No. It's not There's good. no real answer. There's one real answer and then a lot of question marks and a lot of anger coming from me. So shall we? The narrative of this case has been simple. It's about 30 minutes in Potsdam. It was around 5 o'clock. I got a phone call. Something's happened to Garrett. I have both units on scene with an unresponsive 10-year-old male. The scene was handled as a crime scene. The mother is Tandy Cyrus. Tandy's ex-boyfriend, Nick Hillary, was suspicious. Garrett didn't like it. Those two butted heads. We have a strong suspect at this point. You're going to the six in the way your relationship. You've got some problems. Hillary is responsible for Garrett's death. No doubt in my mind he did it. Nick Hillary. 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 Next the guy. I'm 100% certain. Am I living in a dream right now, or this is really happening? As a person of color, you're told, don't talk to the police. Nick called me saying, the cops won't let me leave. You don't strip search someone naked for anything. You do have to raise questions as to why they chose Nick Hillary. Girl, will you start us off? Yeah, so we're we're six months after the murder of 12-year-old Garrett Phillips, and they're offering rewards. We're seeing a lot of signs in the community, justice for Garrett, and they're trying to raise money for fun to help find whoever did it. Even though everybody involved really just believes it was Nick. No question about it in anybody's mind. Yeah, the thing about that, though, <laughs> is that there's absolutely no evidence to convict Nick Hillary. No! So, yeah. He didn't do it, you guys! Right. There's a lot of conflicting information, even from law enforcement. Like, it's just a mess. Like, he didn't do it. 
it. Right. The family really is like throwing themselves into this like sign making business. Now the family knows they can't get their loved one back, but all they want now is justice. And they're saying it through a new decoration in their front lawn. We just want justice for Garrett or, you know, somebody pays for the crime that was committed. Yeah, and what they're doing is they're like using the signs to send messages to Nick Hillary, like putting signs on his lawn, uh -huh. going like really far out of their way, like to put the signs on his friends' lawns. So we see the assistant coach. Remember that guy, Ian? Ian, who I, he's so cute, by yeah, the way. I like him. He's a good guy, so I can say he's hot. And mm -hmm. he he moves to Buffalo, which we're told. You know, I don't know the geography of New York that well. I don't either. But we're told that Potsdam and Buffalo are not close. No. And the signs, like he wakes up one day and there's like a sign on his yard. First day of preseason at Buffalo on campus, all those signs started showing up. You know, I was like, oh, that's kind of messed up. Like, and they're there for me. Was the only one connected to the case. Yeah, he was like, it was creepy and desperate. But then he he was kind of embarrassed about this because he like moves home to live with his parents for a minute. Which is fine. Which is totally fine. But he wakes up and there's a sign on their lawn too. Like they're like stalking him. Yeah, and Ian's like, what would you like me to do? Right. I can't plant evidence to convict my friend. That's the police job, the, the cops job. Like Whatever you're trying to do, you're really just making yourselves look really, really creepy and desperate. So it's bad for hot Ian, the assistant coach. Sure. Back in Potsdam, Nick Hillary still lives there with his kids. He's lost his job. For some reason, the mom, Stacia, is like out of the picture. He's responsible for all five of those kids yeah. with no job. And it seems like no co-parent. Yeah, the kids absolutely adore him. There's a lot of like heartbreaking footage of them together, but also yeah. heartwarming at yeah, the yeah, same yeah. time because he's just like, he's doing his best. But everyone is treating him differently. The man hasn't been convicted of everything, but he's like a pariah. He says it's like he's living under house arrest. To have to calculate your every move that you are gonna make within the community really takes a toll on you. Nobody will ever look at you the same way. Nobody wants to interact with you the same way. But for some reason, he feels like he can't leave. And I just have like an all caps. I'm like, girl, get out of there. I know. Get it's, out of there. You know, look, moving is super expensive. Right. It's really stressful. <laughs> it is really It's a lot. Like, yeah. it's, I did it twice last year. I know. It's easy to say, like, just go. But it's really not that easy. I know. Especially like with no job. And if the kids are in school, it's hard to like uproot their whole lives too. Like, But you see lot. him like, literally, you see Nick Hillary like peeking from behind the blinds of his living room. I know. The poor guy can't go outside. Yeah, but he does find a way to sue the police department, which right. made me happy. <laughs> he has a civil case against them as well he should yeah 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 the civil case was the initial step for me in starting the process to slowly erase what they had started in terms of deconstructing demolishing everything that i have earned and built as a legacy up until that point in time and so he was just saying, like, it was just a small step to fight back in any way he could, this this civil case. Yeah, and he's suing them for, like, false arrest, illegal detention, illegal search and seizure, emotional distress, defamation. Yeah. What about, like, the nudie pics they took of him in the middle of the police station, which we find out at some point had literally never, ever happened before or Never since. once happened before or No. Since. And his lawyers, remember them, Lisa and, and... And Manny. Lisa and Manny, who we love. They're like, the day that he left the police station that day, his life in Potsdam was essentially over. Yes, exactly. So then we meet Tom Mortati. He's representing the Potsdam 
Birmingham Police Department. In the civil case, he's the police's lawyer. Right. He seems like he's going to, a couple of these people hoodwinked me in the beginning. Me, I was totally bamboozled by them. Yeah, because it seems like he's going to be reasonable. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop for him to be like, the police hired me, but then I realized the case was ridiculous. Right, and so now, now I'm working. And the lower third just changes, <laughs> morphs into like, actually now represents Nick Hillary. Finger, no, fingers crossed. No, this guy turns out to be a big dirtbag. But he says, he was like, so the first thing I do uh, in any given case is I give it a goog. I always, like, Good for you, girl. Do your research. One of the things I typically do when I first get a claim is um, I do a Google search. Holy smokes. Uh, this is a murder case. Holy smokes, this is a murder case. Are you telling me that these derpy police officers didn't even tell you why they need your representation? It wouldn't surprise me. Like, what? I know. And then he says, like, if I go work for them, it will be my job to basically reinvestigate this case and prove that he did this, that he is the murderer. I'm going to go after him to show that he committed this crime. If that ends up benefiting the police and the district attorney, fantastic. Right, and he says outright, he was like, so here's the thing, I'm defending the cops, so my job is playing the offensive against Nick Hillary. My yeah. job is to totally tear him down, whether it's relevant or not. Whether it's correct, accurate, true or not. Yeah. How do lawyers live with themselves having blinders like that? I don't know. Because the thing is, there's no DNA, there's nothing connecting Nick to this crime. Just a reminder, we're going to hear it 50 million times in this episode, but there's no DNA. No. There is actually DNA under Garrett's fingernails. Right. It does not match Nick Hillary. No. There's no finger prints there's no eyewitnesses there's no case right so now it's two years and no arrests have been made and the state police now order a second dna test and there's still not a hit on nick hillary right but then we meet mary rain the unsolved murder of 12 year old garrett phillips taking center stage at a political rally for gop district attorney hopeful mary rain wednesday with garrett's mother at her side rain promised that if elected she would work with police to find garrett's killer and bring them to justice Garrett's murderer should be behind bars at this point, but he's not. And that's all because of the ineffective incompetence of our district attorney's it office. Is. You guys, she's another one. So Mary Rain. She's another one. She's another Wait, one. Wait, what are you from Queens now? <laughs> oh, that Mary Rain, she's another one. Oh God, this Mary. neighborhood, this neighborhood is really, you know, when I was coming up, this neighborhood was very different. Now we have people like Mary Rain running around for district attorney and all. It's really changed, okay? Mary Rain, no judgment, but she looks like she knows her way around a pack of cigarettes. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we all have our vices. I know my way around a bottle of vodka. Same. No shame. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so Mary Rain is trying to unseat the sitting district attorney because the sitting district attorney mm -hmm. is saying, look, there's not enough evidence to prosecute. You can tell me you think Nick Hillary did this until next Wednesday. Right. Or Thursday. Right. Or, or Friday, what, even. Pick a day. Straight into the weekend. Pick a day. Have an yeah. end with why. <laughs> totally. Mary Rain is like, I'm running for DA on a platform of I will find the killer, a.k.a. I will put Nick Hillary in jail. Right, because at first she's like, she's going to solve the case. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's kind of saying like, you know, she's dragging everyone. The cops really haven't done a great job here. And I'm like, okay, right yeah. again. <laughs> but then it turns out that, yeah, she just wants to put Nick Hillary in prison. It's so interesting. Manny, the lawyer, the good lawyer, mm -hmm. is saying to us, like, you know, everyone gets mad and they get like emotionally invested in like the presidential race or their congressman race. But like, you have to remember one position that will affect your life, that will possibly send you to jail for the rest of your life, even if you're innocent, is that of a prosecutor. And there's absolutely no checks on power-hungry people who are willing or who have a willingness to destroy a man's life to advance their careers. So then we meet William Fitzpatrick, and he's another DA. Oh, garbage. Where's the bell? I know. Where is she? Hi. 
<laughs> Again, bamboozled. Yeah. Because at first he's like, you know, the murder of this young boy has become a political issue. Right. Which can be pretty distasteful. And I'm like, okay, maybe a, a voice of reason? No, you guys, no. Right. Not not a fan of William Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Although he does say something that I did appreciate a little later on. We'll get to it. Yeah, great. So remember hottie assistant coach Fairley? Ian. Ian Fairley. Yeah. So Ian's like living with his parents or not. Either way, it's fine, girl. Whatever. Whatever. He says that the police, that Snell guy and Mark Murray, that other guy, uh. they come in, they pay him a visit with a laptop. So the two showed up at my door again to check in on me. And they were like, can we come in? And I was like, no. So they're just standing in the doorway. They pulled out this laptop and they're like, you know, we want to show you this video. Please know it's the timeline isn't right. It's just kind of unedited. My favorite part was like, they ask him if they can come in and he says, no, bitch. He says, no, bitch. And then they're like, okay. And then they open the laptop <laughs> on his front porch and they're like, okay, well, that doesn't mean we're going to leave. We'll do this out here right in the open. So here's the thing, you guys. They show him what I actually think is interesting evidence. Mm -hmm. They pull out a laptop and it turns out it's a video of like the high school parking lot. This video takes place on the day of Garrett's murder. You know, we had that timeline, 451 and 508. Yeah. This is right before that. Right. And and we see what we assume is Nick Hillary's car pulling in at 447. Right. At 451, we see Garrett skateboard by. So you can't see his face, but I guess we all agree it's him mm -hmm. somehow. Right. And then a minute later at 452, Nick Hillary, who had just pulled into the parking lot, is now pulling out of the parking lot. Right. And he gets to the to leaving the parking lot. And the cops now in, in like today showing the video to Ian Fairley, the assistant coach. Right. They're like, which way would he turn to go home? Mm -hmm. And he says that he would turn right. And the cops say, well, he turned left. The same way Garrett left to go back to his house. Right. But they also tell Ian 15 times, this isn't the quote final cut of uh -huh. the footage. And I'm like, so you're just playing him like vignettes of this footage? Like, like, yeah, and it's one of those no things, context. Yeah, because I'm thinking like th this this video footage. And by the way, we they go on to accept that this is not challenged at any point. It's played mm -hmm. in court. It's played a million times. Yeah. So this is the timeline that is accepted. 4:47, Nick pulls into the parking lot. 4:51, Garrett skateboards past him. 4:52, Nick leaves, going the same way as Garrett. This is now becomes accepted. And I was just kind of like, I guess we just believe that this isn't doctored. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because for Murray to be like, uh, this isn't the final cut, and I know the timelines way off but once we edit it and totally correct it then <laughs> it will and so like Ian's like, like guys it just showed him pulling into the school and leaving the school and at one point Garrett and just uh, it didn't make me feel anything um this shows absolutely nothing get off my lawn <laughs> so Mary Rain remember she's the, the one who knows her way around a pack of cigarettes yeah. <laughs> Virginia Slims <laughs> right totally she wins and so now she is the district attorney she's got to find the killer as she promised this is where she bamboozles me because yeah. She says, she looked at that video too, and she's like, but we didn't have a license plate. We didn't know who was driving the car. We didn't know who was in the car. It's not like CSI. It's not like the movies. Let's zoom in on the license plate, or better yet, let's zoom in on the person behind the wheel. Oh, that's Nick Hillary. We got him. Doesn't work that way. So she's saying, like, this is not a slam dunk. We need more evidence. And I literally wrote, are you maybe not going to be garbage? No. No, she garbage. gets to be garbage. Yeah. But so here's the thing. So because of the civil suit, Nick has to talk and it has to be under oath. Right. So they depose him in his own civil suit. Right. They're thrilled about this. Right. You know, his lawyer said, like, you can't talk to the cops anymore. And he's like, good, I don't want to anyway. And then he sues them. And now he's backed into a corner and he has to talk to them Wait, now. So Manny, his best friend, we see this deposition and it's so crazy because because Manny literally objects to every single question. Do you recall when you got up that day? Objection to relevance. I typically get up what around. What vehicle were you driving, sir? Objection to relevance. 
It's driving my vehicle. Can you tell me the make and model, or rather the model and year? Objection relevance. It's a CRV 209. And then Nick answers the I question. Know. I was like, man, he just objected. <laughs> what yeah. are we all doing here? I don't know. So Nick's like, yeah, I was at the school. I went to watch a soccer game. So this is like a bullet because what they had to prove was that Nick was in that car. If Nick had known that that's what, the, what they wanted and he was just like, I don't know if that was me. I don't remember if I went to the school. They could never conclusively prove that that was Nick Hillary in the car. Right. But he gives them everything that they need. And Nick tells us, of course I am. I have nothing to hide. Right. Yeah, Why so- wouldn't I answer the question? honestly right i have nothing to hide but me talking to you versus talking to a group of police officers who's trying tricks and trades it's two total different things and the thing about this little town is that everything is seemingly a block away from each other like (laughs) garrett phillips and his mom tandy who are who is nick's ex-girlfriend yeah they live like down the block from each other the school is down the block from that everything is very 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 close i have in my notes eighty thousand times like how fucking small is this town it's it's seemingly everything is on one block yeah (laughs) that's really what it feels like wouldn't that be convenient i would live in that town would you you'd get your seamless so fast oh my god (laughs) or not because there's only one seamless person and everyone's ordering it at the same time and there only can be like 30 people who live there you know what forget it i don't want to move to this town so on may 12th 2014 this mary rain person who's now the da she presents this evidence to a grand jury to secure an indictment against nick hillary for murder in the second degree which has a sense of 25 to life remember you guys there's no dna there's no fingerprints there's no eyewitnesses there's nothing in fact again there is dna under garrett's fingernails Mm -hmm. it does not match nick yeah and so she gets this indictment based entirely on this video footage Uh uh-huh and he's black. Oh, right. Right. I did forget that. I mean, that's let's, that's, let's be honest here. That's why we're all here. Yeah. So three days later, the grand jury returns an indictment and Nick Hillary is arrested on what? I know. He's black. Right, exactly. Like, that's really it. We see him getting arrested, and my th- my thinking is all I can think about is these kids. Remember, he's the only caretaker of these five kids. Yeah. Like, two of them are like, they're like babies. They're, they're like little. Daisy's age. Yeah. And I'm like, who's taking care of them? Uh, I don't know. Everyone in this town hates them. Who's taking care of the kids? Yeah. And I can't get any higher. I can't. Please don't try. <laughs> So they do this really <laughs> shitty thing where they keep trying to find ways to keep Nick in jail, like before the hearing. Yeah, this cannot be exclusive to this case. I bet this happens all the time. Yeah, so it's like, ah, uh, something came up. We need to research something. Right. So you yeah. gotta stay there. So it's 70 days, which in the grand scheme of things, like people have been in prison for 20 years yeah. and don't deserve to be. But it gives him this fire and this drive. And it really is like, oh, okay, they're really trying to get me now. To have lived that for 70 days you know, has definitely given me uh, a certain level of drive to fight and do whatever it is for me to do. Not to see the walls of those environments ever again. Yeah, I have in my notes I said, it took Nick 70 days to realize that prison really wasn't for him. No. No thanks, girl. But I'm realizing I'm kind of loving the judge because the judge in this case has had it. Yeah. So by July 14th, he's like, We're, I'm releasing this person on bail. I see right through you, Mary Rain. Cut the shit. Right. I'm letting this guy go. Like, stop it. Right. And then we meet Nick's eldest daughter, Shauna. Uh-huh. So Shauna is just like amazing. You can just tell she's just like so sweet and smart and like loves her little siblings and she yeah. wants to help. She just wants to do the right thing. I'm part of his like, where were you when this whole thing went down? So I was with my dad at that time. So they needed me to like 
cement the fact that I was where I was with him when whatever was happening, so. Well, that day at soccer practice, so I came home from soccer and my dad was there. And she, she says, I was part of his where were you when this was all going down thing. And mm -hmm. I was like, sweetheart, that's called an alibi. Right. Well, she was in high school <laughs> when she first testified in front of a grand jury. And she has to testify in front of the grand jury twice. It's yeah. so crazy. But, you know, Shauna says the day of the murder, she arrived home at 430 and she knows that she had soccer that day. And so Nick was there. She tells the grand jury, the cops, anyone who will listen. I was home at 430. My dad was there. Right. And then so that means Nick would have left their apartment between like 435 and 440. That's when we see him driving into the school parking lot. Right. So now this is what Mary Rain, the DA, has to say about it. She's like, all right, Nick Hillary left the parking lot, according to me, and this probably doctored video at 453. <laughs> Marissa, the neighbor who we love, calls the cops at 508. Marissa's back, by the way. I'm so happy to see her. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. So she calls the cops at 508, and Mary Rain's like, so that means that Nick killed Garrett at 506, and right. her reasoning is because... And you have to Remember, he's extremely fit. He's not only got a six pack, he's got an eight pack. He's very, very fit. And to jog two blocks to get to Garrett's home wouldn't take but 45 seconds max for him. She says it 10 times. Nick Hillary is very fit. He's incredibly fit. He has an eight pack. He's so fit. He's so she fit. She says not even a six pack, an eight pack. And I said, don't you try to distract me, Mary Rain. Yeah. And she knows that because of the totally demeaning photos that were exactly, taken of him. Exactly. Which, you know, she put in her private collection. Yeah, she needed for her pack. notes right. enough. <laughs> and she's like, uh, it would take him 45 seconds to run to Garrett's house and kill him. I'm like, Mary Rain, do you hear yourself? <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> That's her theory, that he pulls out of the parking lot, follows Garrett home. By the way, nobody sees him. Running nobody... like a bat out of hell to, <laughs> down the street to Garrett's house. The one black guy in town, nobody sees him running like a bat out of hell. Yeah, no. P Mary Rain, please. I know. Please. And then she says, we believe he had a key to the door. He opened the door. Garrett recognized him, tried to push him out the door. Like, And then he kills him. All of this happens in like seven minutes. She needs this to have all happened so fast. Right. It's insane. Right. And then they're using like his athleticism against him. Right. And then it's like, I'm sure he's fast. He was a star soccer player. Right. But please, he did not do this. No. And also, one more thing about Mary Rain. Well, a couple more, but this one, this yeah. most recent one, is that Nick Hillary's daughter, who was in high school and, and being... Shauna. And, yeah, Shauna. She's like, Mary Rain was relentless when she was questioning me. Mary Rain was relentless during the whole questioning part. She would ask me the same question more than once or try and word it a little differently or... At the end, she would like ask the same exact question like 10 times. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm not changing anything. So remember this, Mary Rain is badgering her. Yeah, and she's like, she would ask me the same thing 10 times like in a row. And uh -huh. She said it was really weird how she was being questioned and really, really aggressive and trying to get her to change her story in the moment. And she's like, girl, I'm never going to change my story because it's not really a story. It's just right? exactly what happened. And she said she also asked her inappropriate questions, which she doesn't elaborate on that. But I'm like, Shauna is a fucking child, you monster. Stop it. Yeah. So then the judge, who we love, I guess, <laughs> dismisses the indictment against Nick Hillary, citing prosecutorial misconduct. Conduct Mary Rain. According to Judge Richards, we do know that when the district attorney Mary Rain questioned Nick's daughter, who is one of his alibis, the judge had indicated that she was badgering her and asking her inappropriate questions. And which is why it was dismissed. Prosecutorial misconduct, that's my drag name. There she is. <laughs> so 
it, he was basically like, bitch, what did I say? Uh-huh. I told you you couldn't keep this guy in prison for no reason. No. You can't be badgering a teenager or anyone, really. Do your job. And if you don't have a case, then I'm so sorry you don't have a case. Goodbye. It seems to me like the judges are the only ones who aren't total racist assholes in the whole like judiciary system of this town. Yeah, so far, that's, that's all I got. Also, I knew you were going to be mad about this. What? This evening, people are here to remember Garrett. Are we ready? So next they go to a memorial for Garrett and they release like 400 balloons. I know it's really bad for the environment, guys. I know (laughs) what you're trying to do, but it's like really bad for the earth. It's really sad that he's dead and we should be like mourning him and we should be doing everything we can. All of that stuff, raising all the money. Stop releasing the balloons. It kills animals. It kills animals. It's just really bad. There's got to be a better way. We love our mother earth. Please stop killing her. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my goddamn TED talk. Stop killing the planet. Like I know. So then Mary Rain's like, okay, judge, whatever, girl. Yeah. February 2nd, 2015, she's back at it. She's trying to get another indictment. <laughs> the judge indicated that there was sufficient evidence to indict him. I just think you did these things wrong, so I'm going to dismiss it. So we basically provided the exact same presentation the second time. Now, this is the second time Hillary has been indicted for Phillips' death. Oral Nick Hillary was back in a St. Lawrence County courtroom Monday. Hillary was arraigned on a charge of second-degree murder. She gets it! She gets it! Mary Rain! I know! (laughs) She's saying to us, the judge said to me, it's not that he didn't like my evidence. Remember, the only evidence she has is this goddamn video. Uh Uh-huh. She's like, And that he's black. Right. The judge didn't like the way that I was asking the questions. So, like, I guess she, like, took a downer. She Uh took a quaalude and went back and, like, badgered Shauna a little nicer. And Nick gets arrested again. Right. But Manny says this thing, and this happens all the time, but he says it so succinctly. He says, Justice for Garrett is justice for Nick. But the prosecutors in this case don't want to solve this case. They want to get a conviction from this case. Nick is seeking the same truth that will set Garrett's spirit free. They don't want justice. They want a conviction. Exactly. So this whole justice for Garrett idea with some people has sort of morphed into just coming for Nick, which really isn't justice for Garrett. Right. Which is really heartbreaking because we should have justice for Garrett. I really don't understand how this happens. How like a police department gets blinders put on. Right. But you know how it happens here? John Jones. John Jones didn't like that his ex-girlfriend was dating a black guy. And that's how this whole thing started. And so here we are. So we we have a bunch of reporters that we talked to throughout. And one of them is at this press conference. And like says and somebody yelled out why haven't we heard anything about john jones and that was the first time i had heard the name john jones and i didn't know who jones was so the whole thing manny and a bunch of people are saying to us there could have been a much stronger case against john jones than there ever could have been against nick hillary the thing is john jones was a cop and he knew all the cops and mark murphy or whatever that guy's name is was his best friend right and they're all racist cops they're all racist cops and people were saying like when someone was like john jones john jones john jones who's john jones everyone was like oh that super racist like really aggressive dude oh that john jones oh Oh, yeah i know about him guess who else was saying things about john jones tandy Tandy cyrus Cyrus. garrett's mom She actually wrote a complaint 10 months before Garrett died, uh, stating that because of Deputy John Jones, I fear for the safety of my children. We see all of these written statements from Tandy. I I wrote them out. Me too. They're 10 months before Garrett died, you guys. 10 months. Tandy writes, I, Tandy Cyrus, write to make a formal complaint against Mr. John E. Jones Jr. John has been acting in ways that cause me to fear for the safety of myself and my sons. This bastard is not just threatening her. To her, he's threatening her children. Yeah. He would show up unannounced, like mess with her belongings. She has times, dates for all of this. She goes on to say that he filed a legal claim against her saying she owes him money for 
all these trips and hotels and all this like stupid bullshit. And then she says in her letter, like because he was trying to sue her for something that wasn't even real. She goes, John is willing to abuse and misuse the judicial system to support his personal grudge. So then we hear from John and John says, like, I was hauled into my boss's office and shown these four different complaint letters. Right. And John starts chuckling. He's like, and I read it and I said to my boss, I go, that's not Tandy's writing. And it was typed. And he's like, how do you know that? I go, because Tandy doesn't know the definition of some of these words in here. I go, so there's no way that uh, she wrote this. And uh, he's like, well, that's interesting. I said, I go, we'll find out someday who who wrote this, I go, because Tandy didn't. Boss, Tandy didn't write those. Tandy doesn't even know the definition of most of the words in those sentences. He calls her stupid. Yeah, I got so mad. I know. Then I went back, because you know I pause and read all these letters, yeah, even yeah, yeah. if they don't highlight it. There was nothing that a grown woman wouldn't understand in that letter. Don't do this, you piece of shit. And in John's telling, the boss is like, oh, well then strike it from the record. Like, that's weird. Like, the boss just believes him on his face? And instead of being like, well, then who wrote these letters then and why would she have someone write fake letters about you like right. what are you talking about and then it cuts to Manny and Manny says it was four different letters signed by Tandy mm-hmm. and notarized right so it's like Tandy wrote these fucking letters and wanted a record of it this was not a mistake the reason you write those letters for the record we see this all the time we saw it with Nicole Brown Simpson we saw it with Susan Cox Powell yep. they're writing a record ahead of time hoping that the people in power will recognize it and prevent this stuff from happening and not fail them Right. When they try to reach out for help. And my thing is like, where is Tandy? Tandy is alive. Tandy, tell us that you wrote these letters. Yeah, we see her in the courtroom later on. So yeah. I don't know where she is now. If she hadn't written these letters, she would be speaking up. Yeah. We know she wrote them. She wrote them. Yeah. So now Manny plays audio from the day of the murder. Like, Manny, how did you get this? I'm I obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. The time, 6, 16 p.m. Todd police dispatcher Schneider. Hey, this is uh, John Jones. How you doing? Good, John. How are you? Good. Hey, listen, um, Candy Cyrus, the Phillips boy that just they brought to the emergency room. They said the police were called also. Mm-hmm. You know who responded to that? Uh, I, yeah, Officer Wentworth was up there. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Officer Wentworth. Okay. Is there, uh, are they still at the, the residence? Or? No. Well, actually, can you hold on? Sure. You guys have to, you guys have to see that girl. Do you know where Tandy is? Yeah, she's right here with me. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Oh, she's at the emergency room? Yeah. Okay. It's John Jones calling dispatch. You guys, the day of the murders, right? Yeah, yeah. He really cared for this boy. He was a father figure, blah, 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 blah. This is after the murder. Yeah. He's not worried. He's not sad. He just wants names of who reported to the scene if they're still there. Yeah. He wants to know how he can rig this in his own favor. Yeah. And also remember, at this time, the cops were scrambling trying to find Tandy. And the dispatcher's like, John, do you know where Tandy is? He's like, oh, yeah, she's right here with me. They were together from the beginning. And then remember, like, when he, she was being questioned. With yeah. Video of him physically touching her the entire time. So one of the lawyers points out to us, like, this is significant. John knew where Tandy was right after the murder, got to her. Remember, he didn't go home to his actual girlfriend. He stayed with Tandy uh-huh. overnight. Then the next day, they get to the police station and they refuse to be interviewed separately. Yeah, it must only... be nice to make those demands. John I know. That he's like, no, we're only going to be interviewed together. And they're like, they're okay. Like, <laughs> what? 
like no one else could ever Nick Hillary couldn't say that Nick no. Hillary couldn't even get a lawyer in the room yeah he's buck ass naked in the, like the next room over getting his picture are taken are you kidding me yeah I know come on so now the reporters are like so do you see why we had to start talking about John Jones is that clear yet you guys following there at home you have your popcorn and everything so we needed to have a conversation about John Jones yeah you have someone who now we know was a suspect at some point John Jones holding the hand of Tandy Cyrus sitting across the desk from his buddy, Mark Murray. So my thoughts are like, this is really messy. And then like, he was such a major player in the investigation. They took photos of him, but not to the extent, of course, that they did to Nick Hillary. Wait, we gotta slow this down. Because remember that guy, Mark Murray, like the lead detective is like, oh, other people than Nick Hillary were photographed naked. And the producer's like, who girl? And he says, Garrett Phillips. Apparently they also took pictures of John Jones. So the person of John Jones, here we see no face shots, no dehumanizing, uh, still has his tie on. So nothing for anyone to look at to even know who this picture of, except it says the person of Jones. So why bring in someone if these are the pictures you're gonna take? And if they're both suspects, why is the person of Jones so much different from the person of Nick? And what's the difference besides skin color? No, these pictures are so fucking fake. Yeah. We, we see the pictures. We see them. It's only his hands or his feet or his legs. No face. He's not even standing up, so we can't even see what his body looks it like. It wasn't John Jones. No! Like, I mean, can't you just like hear the derpy clown music playing as they're all switching clothes in that room? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then they make the guy wear the tie because they're like, oh, look, it's John Jones' tie. It must be him. Oh, like, how he, stupid he, he, do you he, think he, we are? Come on, yeah. And so Manny's like, so what's the difference, like, other than skin color? Right. Like, what is happening here? Yeah. Then we get a transcript of Manny questioning Murray so this isn't audio this is just like from a deposition and Manny's like so why did you take those pictures of John Jones like what exactly the point point?" and Manny is uh, Nick's lawyer Nick's lawyer yeah and Murray says and I quote pretty much to substantiate that we did take pictures of people other than Nick Hillary right with a straight face he says this I know and to this day he'll be like yeah what's the problem right like he just believes his own bullshit stop gaslighting me Mark I, Murray right exactly and so th- this is again it's where one of the reporters says to us like you have to remember again no evidence Nick's fingerprints didn't match the fingerprints they found. And in the deposition, too, the cops were like, oh, no, we didn't have any evidence. Right. Are we supposed to have evidence? <laughs> it's in the transcripts. <laughs> oh, of course we didn't have any physical evidence because he didn't do it. Oh, I mean, um, right. that, that's the transcript, you guys. Yeah. Great. I will say, as far as like the wrongly convicted go, mm. it's going pretty well for Nick Hillary. Yeah, because he's got good representation and good rich friends who want to help him. And we see this one woman, Sarah Johnson. She's a St. Lawrence trustee. She helped fund his defense. We're going to go inside her home later for a really fancy dinner party. Dinner party. Her house is fancy, yeah. you guys. Yeah. She's the kind of furniture Steve hates, that like country estate where it looks like your dining room table is made out of like a slab of a tree, uh-huh. which I love and Steve just thinks it's tacky. We all make mistakes. So then we meet Nick's defense team. Yeah. We have Norman Siegel, Earl Ward, and Peter Dumas. Yes. And Peter is with us a lot. He's a narrator here. We see the other lawyers in like press conferences and stuff, but Peter's like, yeah, I lost a lot of friends defending (laughs) Nick Hillary. I stand by it. But like this case was really, really divisive. I know that there are some people who are very charged about this case and uh, people that were, were friends of mine that don't really talk to me right now. You know, and, and they may not ever again, um, no matter how this case goes. How many of them reverted back to calling him dumbass the way they did in high school? We talked about this last time. <laughs> really punching down. Get a better joke. I know. Get a better joke, you idiots. <laughs> People, and also, like, 
I know he has he has no control over his last name, uh-huh. but like this is why you don't name your kids something that you think is like cool and kooky and right, original yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're setting them up to be teased on the playground. You Stop just it. know that like when the, he it was brutal when they would have substitutes in grade school. Uh Peter Dumbass. I know. Mr. Dumbass. You idiots. I love Peter. Don't come for Peter. <laughs> I love him. I love his ponytail. If I'm being honest, he's got a great thick head of hair. It works for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm super into it. So after everyone testifies under oath that they don't have any DNA, suddenly, you guys, there's a DNA match. Weird. This is news from North Country Public Radio. Thanks very much for sorting out the latest turn in the Garrett Phillips murder case. District Attorney Mary Rain says DNA evidence points the finger directly at accused killer Nick Hillary. So weird. Th- that guy Fitzpatrick, the one that bamboozled us in the beginning. He's yeah, like, he's another DA working with Mary Rain. Yeah, so he he has this like magic DNA machine. It's called Star Mix. Yeah, S T R M I X. And please. so the headline is that oh, actually, the DNA under Garrett's fingernails does match Nick Hillary. No, you guys, no, it doesn't. It's a partial match. It doesn't match Nick Hillary. The test says essentially, well, it's probably more likely that it could be Nick Hillary as opposed to a random stranger. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Right. (laughs) We knew that something was so suspicious with it because we knew it had been tested at the lab. We knew they had 100-something samples, nothing matched. Now, how all of a sudden they got this match? I think that they, uh, they pounded and pounded and pounded until they got that square peg in the round hole. The thing about this part is that we it's like 15 minutes of the documentary. You guys, it gets thrown out. The judge that we like agrees with us. It, it's not going to count in the trial. Right. We're back to literally zero evidence. No fingerprints, no eyewitnesses, no blood, yeah. no DNA. I, I have in my notes, I got to tell you, I'm really liking this judge. I know. <laughs> really liking them right now. Oh, you guys, Nick Hillary takes my advice, moves to New Jersey. Yeah, moves away out of this town, raising his kids. I got to tell you, he finds one hell of a playground. And as a parent with a five-year-old, that really stood out to me. Yeah. This playground looks like a real good Good one. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Great. <laughs> sure. So th- this is where we see like some of the footage at home because he has to travel back to Potsdam occasionally f- yeah. to meet with his lawyers or do the trial stuff or whatever. And he like tells his kids like, you know, how do you talk to your kids about this? They're at varying ages. And he says things like. The two oldest are good with their knowledge of what's going on. So, you know, me saying, hey, I'm going off. I'm going to address the situation once and for all. They're good. The two youngest, they're still not as cognitive to understand the big picture. Uh, this is one of the times when I had to like pause and sob because this is the trial, you guys. Remember how like Nick was rearrested a second time? Yeah. This is the trial. Like if Nick loses this, he's going to jail forever. Right. Yeah. So and then it's like, how do you get a fair jury? Right. You know, like here we are again, and they summoned a thousand people, which is four times the normal amount. We were really worried going into the jury process that we were going to run into a, a roadblock. We were worried that uh, we were going to have some very opinionated people on the jury. And we were worried that there wasn't going to be one juror in the courtroom who didn't know anything about this case. Turn around for me. Everyone says they're going to be fair. You've just got to sit back and decide if this is the person who really can be. But, like, we see this all the time. You cannot possibly get a fair jury. They didn't move the trial to, like, another jurisdiction. This is one of those that, like, it wasn't a famous trial. If they had gone somewhere far enough away, people wouldn't have known. Right. But they didn't do that. They did it in Potsdam, where everybody thinks Nick did it. Right. So the defense team is like, oh, we were super nervous for jury selection. Yeah. We didn't know what to expect. And cut to Mary Rain, who's like, oh, I love jury selection. (laughs) I thought voir dire went excellent. Uh, We got 10 jurors the first pass. One of the jurors I, I knew... And I felt that he would do a very fair job. He would give both sides a fair shake. So I was very confident that we had good 10 jurors. 
Like, I actually, come to think of it, I put a friend of mine on the jury. That's how much I loved it. And I'm like, you did what? I, she put a friend of hers and then a family friend of the Phillips family. I know, I know. What is wrong with her? I, and then I'm like, wait, do I hate this judge now? But we'll get back to that. So it's so amazing because, so they, they go home for the day or whatever. They come back the next day and we see Mary Rain saying to us, like, the, the defense team came in looking like somebody punched their dog. Okay, Mary. Do you hear her when she said that? The defense came into chambers looking like somebody just kicked their puppy in front of them. And I had no idea why they had such long faces. I, I didn't have any idea what was going on. You know, he wants to do this. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? Tell us. They all get dragged into the judge's chambers and she's like, we didn't know what was going to happen. Is Nick going to plead? Like, what's going to happen? And we find out that Nick himself, this was not even on the advice of his lawyers, right. Nick himself decided he was going to have a bench trial. Yeah, so he decides to waive his right to a jury. Which, the thing about it is, everybody on his side is like, it's kind of a brilliant idea. Right, considering your the opposing counsel's friends and family are on the jury. <laughs> like, yeah. So, it's the first day of trial. Remember how excited I was in the first episode about this? like the bunch of bungling cops quote yeah 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 bamboozled again <laughs> because it's actually the prosecution trying to say like this is what everyone wants you to yeah. think the narrative of this case up to this point has been very very simple a group of uh, bungling incompetent cops from a small town in upstate okay New these guys very experienced lawyers uh, just selected this individual to decide this case and i wanted to disavow him of the narrative the narrative which has been established at this point for four and a half years that this case is razor thin, that this case is nothing but a bunch of, you know, upstate hicks that want to grab the only black guy in town and put him on trial. None of that stuff is true. Yeah, and he says it again. He said, like, these, like, bungling racist cops trying to throw the one black guy in town in jail. Uh, guys, that's exactly what that's you're exactly, doing. Like, why are you saying it again? I love, like, the meeting the night before. They're like, you know what we should just do is tell them exactly what we're doing, but say we're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, do it. Like, they get sarcasm, right? Does this judge like sarcasm? <laughs> Can we corrupt this judge somehow? Can we manipulate him? No. So, you guys, another private investigator, Don Tracy. I literally have in my notes, do you think this guy Don Tracy loves his job? Super does. <laughs> and you're right. Private investigators really do love Sometimes they get to do super cool shit like this. Right. So he's hired by the defense, right? So here's the thing. The state has this witness named Andrew. He's the one, his girlfriend Shannon, they were the ones in the parking lot that had the view of the window where the murderer like apparently jumped out of. They're the ones that like were fixing the car. They were right there under the window, would have seen anything that happened. Right. So the state is like, Andrew's going to blow this whole thing wide open. You right. Guys. We totally have this really star witness. So Andrew is in Hawaii in the Marine Corps. Right. And the state's like, we'll just fly him in. I'm right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cha-ching. So Don Tracy, the PI, was just like, well, I'll just call Andrew. So I called him. And he apparently jumped to the conclusion that I was working for the DA's office quite quickly. I didn't tell him any different. I didn't feel I had a responsibility to tell him that. He said, they're flying me from Hawaii to testify in this. I'll be showing up Monday in Canton. Fine, what are you going to testify to? Said, well, I saw a black guy on the second floor the silhouette of somebody that fits Nick's well, Andrew's a dummy. Right. Because Andrew immediately just assumes that the PI is working for the state. Uh -huh. And Don's like, and I let him believe that. I, I didn't think it was my job to correct him. It's not my responsibility to How did the prosecution team not say to him, by the way, bitch, don't talk to anybody if they call you? Andrew was probably like, well, he sounded official on the phone. Right. 
Andrew's an idiot. You know how this goes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Andrew tells the PI, like, yeah, I saw a black guy on the second floor and uh, he looked like Nick Hillary. What's up? Yeah, he's lying. Because he's lying. all through the first episode, we know that Shannon and Andrew didn't see anybody. So this PI, he's like, okay, girls, thanks. We'll see you when you get here. Right. I'm going to call your ex-girlfriend Shannon and see what she has to fucking say. Because the thing is, in all of their official statements, they both said they didn't see anything. Exactly. It's in writing already. We're seeing the documents that say that they said that they didn't see anybody. Right. So Shannon is on the phone with the PI, Don, and she's like, um, neither of us saw anything. We told the cops that. Yeah. And the PI, Don, is like... All right, well, girl, Andrew says otherwise. Like, what are we going to do about it? So Shannon, hero bell, Shannon. Shannon, Shannon picks up the phone. She's like, I'm going to call his ass and I'm going to like record it without telling him. Yep. Just in case he says like, I'm totally taking these guys to the cleaners. Right. And now I feel like you're changing your story or something. And I don't know, Andrew, but I am not going to go to court and like lie for something about you, if that makes sense. If they question me on it, I'm going like, to no, have no, to be honest and tell them. You lie because you don't remember at all. I well, think I would remember because it would be in my statement. statement. Like, I remember seeing somebody in the window being nosy. Yeah, well, That's you saw exactly somebody, but you didn't necessarily see Hillary. So I don't understand how, even if you did, that would be That's substantial evidence. That's the thing. The person, I could see the person, but I couldn't make out the person because he was so fucking black. I couldn't fucking see who it was. Andrew, and I knew it was come male. on. No, I'm dead serious. That's exactly what the fuck's going on. Andrew is getting really aggressive all of a sudden. With when, Shannon when, on the phone. When Shannon's like saying like, girl, I'm not lying. Yeah. And he's like, he's basically just like, all black people look the same kind of. Like this horribly, horribly racist right, thing. totally. And Shannon goes, Andrew, come <laughs> on. Like he just really, but he's cursing like every sentence. He's, he's really so mad. mad. Yeah. And she's like, Andrew, come on. Stop it. Right. Stop being racist. Right. And like, I'm like, Shannon, girl, break up with him if you haven't already. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They're way exed. Yeah. But like, the, and, and then the state makes it clear that if you call this Andrew guy to the stand and, and he says he saw Nick Hillary or a black man in that window, we're going to call Shannon. So now we're on the stand and Andrew is just like, I saw a man in the window. And the DA is like, okay, no further questions. Doesn't ask for a description. <laughs> <laughs> like totally just changes their yeah. whole line of questioning and even the reporters are like why didn't you question him about details right then cut to Manny to us is like because we'd contradict it in real time exactly they had to change their whole game they wasted all that money on a flight from Hawaii <laughs> for Andrew to be like I saw a guy yeah exactly I saw a guy and he was a guy and that was it and it's like all they had to do was like produce the police reports that said that he never said that he saw it it's just why I know I don't understand desperate why because he, they're racist yeah so then we're back in court. Attorney Dumas stands up and says to the judge, who we love, mm -hmm. Judge, we've recently come into information that the defense interviewed a witness and did not turn it over to us because it was good for us, basically. Mr. Dumas? Your Honor, we have one other issue. Uh, it's come to our understanding that uh, the prosecution has had investigators interrogate or uh, at least interview an individual by the name of Gregory Brown. Uh, it's further our understanding that uh, he gave information that, in looking at it, may be favorable to the defendant. 
Remember when Queen KZ was teaching us about Brady violations? Yes. This is exactly that. Something was good for the defense, exculpatory evidence, yeah. the state withheld it, and we are not thrilled. So it's all about this guy, Gregory Brown. Mm-hmm. And to hear the state say it, they're like, wait, why is the defense really mad about this interview we did with Gregory Brown? He barely stood out to us. Right. He- and even Fitzpatrick on the stand is like, um, I've never heard of him, and also I don't like your tone. Right. Like he says to the judge, he's like, I don't, I don't, it feels like I'm being threatened. Doesn't it feel? I'm like, Fitzpatrick, sit down, girl. But so they all get called into the judge's chambers and the judge hands everybody this like two pieces of paper and we looked at it and we all just kind of jaw dropped um, because this piece of paper said that john jones entered 100 market street approximately 15 minutes before garrett phillips entered 100 market street John goddamn Jones was there. Once again, 15 minutes before Garrett got home, John Jones is seen by this guy, Gregory Brown, going into the apartment. I think his official name is John goddamn Jones, right? <laughs> Do I have that right? John goddamn Jones. <laughs> Check my notes. Yep, John goddamn Jones. And the whole thing about this is the reason this guy, Gregory Brown, knows John Jones is because they played football together. Then we hear John Jones. He's like, yeah, I actually, after saying a five minutes of racist garbage. I mean, go- I, mean I couldn't believe. Who's G-Money? And... I'm not trying to stereotype it, but I assume it was a black man. And I said, no, I don't I don't hang around with a lot of black people, so no, I don't know who he is. And uh, he goes, you don't know Greg Brown? I said, no. I go, help me out with this. And he goes, he used to bounce at this local establishment. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. I go, why? He goes, apparently he saw you come out of, or go into Tandy's house that day. I go, seriously? I thought it was a joke. He goes, yeah. Because this is John Jones today who signed the waiver to be in this documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is telling us with a straight face, like, oh, I don't have black friends because I'm a racist. Right. And then he says, like, oh, but wait. Th- oh, you're talking about the bouncer at this club I go to? Yeah, yeah. I know him. Gregory Brown would have known John Jones when he saw him enter the apartment 15 minutes before Garrett is murdered. Right. And also, this town is three blocks. Right. <laughs> so everyone knows everyone and sees people all the time. So all of a sudden, like, court is just held up for the day. So this is like this Brady violation. It's a big deal, right? But then we get Fitzpatrick, the DA, to camera today and was like should it have been disclosed absolutely inexcusable that it wasn't disclosed in mary's mind there's irrefutable proof that john jones did not commit the crime ergo someone alleging that john jones did commit the crime is lying so in her mind it went from potentially exculpatory to just total bs can't make that decision as a prosecutor he throws Mary Rain directly <laughs> under the bus. He's like, uh, it was totally Mary Rain's call. It was a bad one. Uh, he almost quit over it. He almost quit over it. He throws her directly under that bus. Perfect aim, just right under there. So the, the whole defense team like shuts down court for the day. They interview this Gregory Brown guy. Yeah. Uh, we are headed over to the jail to speak to uh, Gregory Brown. They brought him down fairly quickly, huh? Guys, yes, fairly quickly. They come back and they're like, yeah, we're actually not going to call this guy to the stand. They talked to him for 90 minutes and yeah. they were like... I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, they didn't use Gregory Brown. He must be a wacko job. Gregory Brown is not a wacko job. He's not a wacko. He was very credible and he didn't remember everything in part because there's been a passage of time. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> uh, thank you for your time. Yeah. 
<laughs> we simply must be going. But the point is, I don't believe her that she like really had like I didn't want to waste their time with a right. witness that meant nothing. You of give course. everything over. And Fitzpatrick, her boss, says the exact same thing. And if he had an airtight alibi, it shouldn't matter. Right. So just really quickly to talk about John Jones, because the the movie is sort of holding up Nick Hillary as like, if he's not the guy, then who is it? Well, it's probably John Jones. And we are told that John Jones's alibi is that he's on tape walking his dog at the time of the murder. There's no way in hell John Jones, the guy is on video walking his dog at the time the murder takes place. You can't have better evidence. And his DNA didn't match the, the DNA profile under the fingernails. It wasn't John Jones because, you know, as I've said before, who brings their dog to a murder? Because as luck would have it, apparently, there are two security cameras pointed directly at his home. So remember the whole thing where we saw Nick Hillary pull into the parking lot and Garrett Phillips like leaving on his skateboard and then Nick leaving going the same way? Mm-hmm. Well, if you continue that video for like another 30 seconds, Garrett also skateboards right past John Jones. The right. two people who are being like held up as maybe having killed him, he passes both of them. Right. Yeah. John Jones lives in the one block in between 100 Market Street where Garrett Phillips lived and the school. I don't think John Jones did it. I think John Jones is a total, total dirtbag. Totally. But I don't think he's the killer. I'm just going to keep not liking him. Yeah. That's where I want to. I want to I wanna not like him. So I'm going to. So the defense, in light of this new information, asks for a dismissal. The dismissal is not granted. Yeah. We go to closing statements. Yeah. So the defense is up. They give their closing. They don't say anything we don't already know. There's no evidence. The prosecution has pieced together. They've, they've, they've cobbled together fabrics of so-called evidence. And they've given you, Judge, a torn and tattered quilt. And they've given this torn and tattered quilt to you, and they've called it circumstantial evidence. They're trying to paint this picture of Nick as an obsessed psychopath who, unable to get the love of his life, kills her child. Does that make sense? Submit to you, it makes absolutely no sense. But then, but then this William Fitzpatrick, that DA yeah. that plays dirty, who almost quit yeah. over a more dirty playing, <laughs> he should be ashamed of himself. Uh huh. Crying, yelling, really trying to tug on the heartstrings because there's no evidence. Right. So he's like, Garrett Phillips wasn't killed by someone passing through town who hates little boys. He was killed by Nick Hillary. He wanted to be with his friends. He wanted to occasionally watch TV, Judge. He wanted to play in his ripstick. He wanted to be 12 years old and not be dictated to. And that cost him his life. He just wanted to play with his friends, Judge. And I'm like, that is true, but don't capitalize and politicize this tragic murder of a 12-year-old boy. Because you're just, again, you're going for the, this is the kind of shit that would have probably worked with a jury. Mm-hmm. This is why Nick was so smart to go with the judge, because the judge, who is listening intently, by the way. Absolutely. He's got his head down, but he is listening. Taking those notes, Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. He, he knows the law, and he knows the whole, like, the whole business of evidence. Yeah, and he's like, I wish you Godspeed, Judge. I really do. <laughs> I really do. And I'm like, Fitzpatrick, be professional (laughs) my god so now we wait yeah so we go home with nick the older kids know what's happening but his younger kids don't we're just waiting and waiting and waiting and then we get the call like the verdict is in yeah please be seated ladies and gentlemen good morning and welcome back to st lawrence county court this is a continuation of the people of the state of new york against oral nicholas hillary indictment number 2015-015 
It is the judgment of this court that as to the charge of murder in the second degree as charged in the indictment, the defendant, Oral Nicholas Hillary, is found not guilty. Crying, happy tears, hugging. Yeah. And it's amazing. And, you know, Tandy Cyrus is there and she's crying and I don't know why exactly. You know, we didn't address this before, but there were shots of Tandy all throughout that guy Fitzpatrick's closing statements. Yeah. When he's talking about Garrett being brutally murdered and she's crying. She's a wreck. This poor, yeah. this woman is a wreck. Right. You know, when, when I say I, I didn't know why she was crying, you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying, of right? Of course. That it's still a tragedy because like here's one trial over, but no real justice. For yeah. That. You know, there's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. lot going on. Of course. Okay. I'm not a monster. No, no, no. Not is at that all. confirmed? Okay, great. <laughs> And then it's over. We find out that Nick filed a second civil lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets $10 million. Yeah, it's pending. We'll yep. see. Tandy is still raising money for after-school programs in Garrett's name. Like, that's what she's doing with her life right now. Mm-hmm. Mary Rain, you guys. In 2018. <laughs> what happened to Mary Rain? Mary Rain was barred from practicing law in New York for two years for severe and persistent prosecutorial misconduct. You guys. Remember how she, she was She bad- yells at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> What does she mean? Yeah. Yells at everybody with no evidence and tries to put innocent people in prison. You only suspended her for two years? Get out of here. Come on now. And so it ends with like the case is still pending and they're actively pursuing all leads. Yeah, because when Nick was acquitted, Mary Rain is on tape saying like, he did it. He's the killer. We are not pursuing anybody else. We are just, we're considering this a dead case. She is not Mm reelected. And the new district attorney is like, yeah, girl, we're looking for new people. Yeah, no, we want to. No, we want to solve this case. You didn't want to solve it. You just wanted to put Nick Hillary in prison. We're going to solve it. We're going to solve it. We're going to do it. We're going to solve it. Leave it to us. We got it. We got it. We got it. did it oh that was really really well made i took a lot of notes on that one i know i know me too uh you guys just a reminder if you want more jillian and me get in the patreon you gotta hear our lacy peterson coverage it is super bonkers i know don't don't let the nancy grace (laughs) discourage you or get there so you can hear jillian's nancy grace impression everyone's going crazy over it go check it out you can also hear our episode by episode coverage of serial the staircase the jinx making a murderer madeline mccann i remembered at that time (laughs) lorena yep casey anthony casey anthony Jody There's Arias a lot. So many of you guys. Patreon.com slash true crime obsessed. Yeah. Or just go to our website, click on the Patreon link. Yep. Um, you guys, Merry Christmas. We are taking next week off. We only take off two weeks a year. And right. next week is one of them for yeah. Christmas. And happy holidays and just be safe and be warm and be nice. Yeah, be nice. Yeah. What are we doing when we come back? We will be doing cocaine cowboys. You guys, I'm really excited. Girl, remember that episode screwball that we did with like the little kid reenactors? Yeah. Same director. I know. I'm very excited. I know. <laughs> Where can they find us, girl? They can find us at True Crime Obsessed on Twitter, True Crime Obsessed Podcast on Instagram. You are Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram and Patrick Hines on Twitter. And you are at Jillian with a G on all the things. Very easy. Check out our website, you guys, truecrimeobsessed.com. It's got everything you could possibly need. And if you haven't yet, go give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I really want to get us to 15,000. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would be. I know. (laughs) We love you guys. Merry Christmas. We love you. So stay tuned for the trailer for Cocaine Cowboys and our outtakes and merry 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 Christmas yes, to you have a yours. lovely holiday season jingle 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 we love you we love you bye bye Miami is a major transportation center and is easily reached by all forms of travel the Latin American influence has given Miami a unique flavor in the 70s when I first came down here everybody was smuggling pot in. The Colombians realized they had a gold mine here. Everybody that before was doing these pot things was now into doing cocaine. The Colombians threw a number at us, $3,000 a kilo. On their first trip, we got paid $1.2 million. 
popularity, it began to shoot up. I had never seen so much cocaine in my entire life. I had lawyers, I had doctors. Somebody that could afford what it cost. About 800 an ounce. I had met a stewardess, and she would go from here to San Francisco, selling to the Oakland Raiders, the Grateful Dead. I got the whole front line of the Pittsburgh Steelers in my house. It was everywhere. Clubs, restaurants, it was just everywhere. They made far more money, the Colombians, in a far shorter time than the Mafia ever dreamed. The Federal Reserve Bank in Miami generated a surplus of $5 billion, more money than all of the other Federal Reserve combined. Cocaine deaths in Dade County have now jumped to about two a week. Shotguns, Uzi, handguns. It was the beginning of a war. Sala Blanco was the godmother of the cocaine trade. One mean lady. She likes us to cut people up in little pieces, put them in a small box with a little bow on top. She says, that's the way I do my thing. You have five people killed here, three people killed here. Mass murder. Miami was the most dangerous place on earth. They called them the cocaine cowboys. They called them the cocaine cowboys. Cocaine cowboys. This is why Miami is for you. You almost said be a man. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think I was going to curse again. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And I was like, mm, yeah, hold on. So now after everyone testifies. Paging Peter Dumbass. Don't do it. <laughs> that's going to be your new nickname. Sorry, I just love play, it so much. Play your cards right. 